Greetings and felicitations from St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, and from the redheaded preacher and from the editor and publisher of our podcast, Laura Olson, who actually is on vacation uh, right now. So there will be a little delay in this podcast being published, but never fear. Be patient. And that actually is the subject, not the title, but the subject of this morning's message is patience. And uh, our our lector, Andre, will be reading uh, several passages and uh, from Habakkuk, dealing with impatience with God in society's violence. And we'll talk about that as well as other dimensions of patience, including its source. So I um, this is part of a series of messages I'm preaching on just themes of, of living. Last Sunday, I was ill. I For the first time in my ministerial career, I missed a Sunday due to illness. My sermon was preached by a lay leader. I made some changes, so it was clearly not me preaching, but it was the message I'd written. And um, that's on YouTube for July 9th. That one was was on uh, mercy and forgiveness. Should have been two sermons, I know, but they're very interrelated. And then today is patience. Next Sunday will be generosity. And then I'll be gone for two weeks. And then I will be preaching on healing. And I know I've got a sermon coming up in August called What is Justice? And uh, there's one other one. I'm not sure about the title, but I'm it's, uh, I'm not following the lectionary. I, I'm choosing to do some themes of, you know, the ways we are to live with patience, with mercy, and uh, with generosity, etc. So this has been a long enough intro, don't you think? Um, I'm glad to be back in the pulpit this morning. And again, uh, this message is it's just called Patience. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you will enjoy this message as much as a couple of people who heard me practice it say that they liked it. Here we go, Andre. We have a sermon theme this morning of patience. If we are honest, many of us find it challenging to listen well to all the readings on a Sunday morning. Our minds wander. That's a form of impatience. Maybe a lack of focus or maybe even a lack of interest. Let's be patient please, with me, and the words I'm about to share with you about patience. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Let us pray. Hold us in this moment, dear God. Let us believe that you are gently holding us right here where we are. Give us some peace in that. Then open our minds and hearts to stay attuned to the blessed passages we are about to hear from your word. Bless them to us and us to your, ser- to your service as people of the book. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Our first scripture comes from the book of Habakkuk, verses, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then God's answer in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Israel was going through a very bad time. We will get that in the opening verses. 
the prophet sees unrighteousness and injustice all over with the Lord being mocked for doing nothing. There is part one from the prophet to the Lord and then the second part being from God to the prophet. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but, you right, but the righteous live by their faith. Moreover, wealth is treacherous. The arrogant do not endure. They open their throats wide as shield. Like death, they have never enough. They gather all nations for themselves and collect all peoples as their own. This ends the reading from Habakkuk. Our next passage is 1 Corinthians 13, the first seven verses. Paul is writing about the more excellent way in spiritual gifts. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Lastly, before the musical meditation, hear from the Apostle Paul again, this time writing some of his history with God to Timothy. This is 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 17. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he judged me faithful and appointed me his service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. 
to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are able please stand for the reading of the gospel? This morning it is Luke 8, verses 4 through 15. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears hear, listen. Then his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said to his wondering disciples, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to others I speak in parables, so that looking they may not perceive, and listening they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root, for only believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, those are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. But as, but as, as for the ones that are in the good soil, those are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it in fast, honest, and good heart, and bear fruit with patient endurance. But as for that in the good soil, those are the ones who, when they hear the word, word Hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patient endurance. This ends the reading of the Gospel and the Scriptures for this morning's service. May God grant us an understanding of this, the Word of God for the people of God. Patience is a virtue. When you or I hear the word patience, some of us think of that phrase almost instinctively. Patience is a virtue. Where did it come from? It's most commonly believed that the line originated from the poem Piers Plowman, said to have been written around 1360 by English poet William Langland about a man in search of faith. One line in the poem states that patience is a fair virtue. From this we eventually got our phrase, patience is a virtue. Well, patience usually is a virtue when we think of patience as something you and I are good at or ought to have more of or practice. Patience is also power in the right circumstances. I do not want to start this sermon preaching about our patience or our need to get better at being patient. We'll get there. Before we get there, I want us to lay a foundation for our patience, if not for all our virtues. That foundation is in our answers to the question, who has been patient with you? 
Who has been patient with you or shown patience toward you? When were you the beneficiary of another's patience? I hope your parents were patient with you. I'll bet some of your teachers were, knowing you well enough that if you were given enough time, your rough edges here or a weakness there would noticeably improve. In that way, coaches can be patient. So are some organizations. The second draft pick of the Cubs in the recent draft was his right-handed pitcher Jackson Wiggins, who missed last season due to Tommy John surgery. They'll have to be patient with him. But coaches and teachers as mentors, teaching you techniques on guitar, piano, trumpet, singing or dancing, and making sure you repeat, 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 with real hope of fulfilling your promise, that's patience being exercised by both teacher and student. Coworkers can be patient with new employees learning the ropes, getting trained in, if they're nice coworkers. Well, who has been patient with you? I'll tell you one who has been patient, one you might not have thought of yet, God. God has been, is, and will be patient with you and me and this church and a whole bunch of other people. I'm not going to say, oh, God wouldn't be patient with them. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Let's claim that, though. Take a moment to sit in the pew and let it sink in. God is and has been patient with you and me. What a blessing. And here's one reason why. We heard it when Andre read from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Boom. That's it. Love is patient. God is patient with us because God loves us and love is patient. It's agape love Paul is talking about, the love that has the beloved as priority number one. <clears throat> William Barclay tells us a little about this patience by going to the Greek word for it in 1 Corinthians, makrothumein. Barclay wrote that when used in the New Testament, always describes patience with people and not patient with circumstances. It describes the person who is slow to anger and it is used of God's own self in his relationship with humankind. <clears throat> in our dealings with people, however, unkind and hurting they are, Berkeley says we must exercise the same patience as God exercises with us. Such patience is not a sign of weakness, but the sign of strength. Well, I believe that it is easier for you and me to work on our patience with others, to be patient with others, when we remember God's loving patience with us. That love is in us by faith through the Spirit. God is patient with us, so let us draw on that gift and try to share it with others who might vex us and try our patience. It probably starts 
with a conscious remembering effort on our behalf and with repetition of the reminder God has been patient with me let me be patient with this person Uh, again and again with our attempts at being patient we get better at our patience with others over time So God is patient with us, and it's out of love, and that's the foundation I mentioned upon which our growing skills in patience are built. So let's talk about our patience, shall we? Our patience with ourselves, our patience with God, and our patience with others. I have been working on my patience and its cousin, Serenity, for some years now. Most particularly, my patience has been strained when I'm driving. I take Howard most of the way into St. Peter's, and the speed limit on Howard is 35. I always seem to get stuck behind drivers who think the speed limit is 30 or lower. I have a friend who introduced me to the no drama phrase as a way of living and reminded me that this is a small potatoes issue not worth getting all worked up about. And you know what? I'm so low strung to begin with. You can laugh. If you know me, you know I'm kind of high strung. So it's easy for me to get worked up. It's not worth it. He's right. And that was the start. And then I rediscovered the serenity prayer written by the UCC's own Reinhold Niebuhr, which begins, God... Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. While I cannot change the speed of the driver in front of me, so let it go. Relax. You're not in control here. So I've invoked that again and again when I'm starting to become impatient, and I let its truth take root. And now, though it often seems to happen only when I'm driving by myself, I'm much more patient, but no one's perfect. There may be times you or I have become impatient with ourselves, impatience with our own progress in one area or another. It may be impatient with our lack of progress in becoming more patient. If that's the case, let's take a breath, Look back to who you were, where you were in that, this or that troubled issue, say, five years ago, ten years ago. Are you better at this, this then, now than you were then? See how much you have grown, how you're better than you're giving yourself credit for. God is patient with us, not to rest on our laurels at all, but lets you and I show some loving patience on ourselves. Progress is made, so patience is in order. Continued patience. We are not done. God is not done with us. Patience with ourselves. Now, the lament of Psalm 130, Out of the depths I cry to thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. That's something I can relate to. Psalm 13 begins, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How patient are you and I with God? 
We were blessed with a reading from Habakkuk who also looked around at the destruction and the corruption and the violence and the injustice surrounding him in Israel. And he cried out, Oh Lord, how long? He's been doing it for a while. How long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing? The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. Now, Habakkuk prophesied most likely between 608 and 598 B.C., during the height of Babylonian power. Now, scholars disagree over who's doing this injustice Habakkuk is all upset about, but the more coherent answer is the unrighteous Israelites themselves. Habakkuk is impatient with God's inactivity over his societal issue, social injustice. This is not about a personal relationship. And God gives an answer, which was not part of our readings, and God gives an answer which is that the bad Israelites will be punished all right by the Babylonians, who are much crueler. So then what? Now you've got the horrible Babylonians who later take the best of Jerusalem into exile. So the question begins again, and Habakkuk, I'm going to take my stand at the watch post to see what God will say to me and what he will answer to my complaint. And then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The arrogant do not endure. Habakkuk is impatient with God, and God did reply, Wait, I'm not forgetting you. There is a vision, an appointed time. So when we're impatient with God during times of violence and destruction and attacks on God's people, the Lord kind of told Habakkuk, I got this. Appointed time, that's my time. It will come, it's not a lie. You righteous will live by your faith. God's time. Have you heard of or do you recall hearing about the two kinds of time? The ancient Greeks had two words for time, chronos, referring to sequential time, and kairos, a moment of indeterminate time in which events happen. Sometimes events we might call God moments. Chronos, from which we get the word chronological, is our human way of measuring time. You know, it's the weeks, it's the days, it's the hours, it's the years. While chronos is quantitative, kairos has a qualitative, permanent nature. God usually works not in our time frame, however, however, but in the realm of time called kairos. When the Lord told Habakkuk, there is still a vision for the appointed time, that means kairos, God's God who was appointed this time. It's not ours. The righteous live by faith. My study Bible says, 
The author, meaning Habakkuk, the prophet, the author is confronting honestly the profoundly disturbing problem of why a just God is, and then verse 13, which we didn't hear, silent when the wicked swallow those more righteous than they. To this perennial question, the prophet receives an answer that is eternally valid. God is still sovereign. And in God's own way, and at the proper time, will deal with the wicked. But the righteous shall live by their faith. It adds, the heart of the matter is that the righteous who are faithful to God have the power to live, but the proud do not endure. Another way to put it, in this kind of patience or impatience with God in history and in our history is this. Patience is trusting that our struggles are in Jesus' hands even when we cannot see the outcome. Now, I may be pushing the edges of Orthodox Christianity here, but there are times when we are to act on behalf of what is right. A view like Habakkuk's could be justification for the isolationists and Neville Chamberlain 80 years ago. It could be justification for stopping any movement for freedom and fairness, including such movements as voting rights, seeking compassionate treatment for trans persons, seeking gender-affirming health care, and reversing policies that have created and sustained lack of access to good education and employment. There was a reason Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a book in 1964 called Why We Can't Wait. Human impatience with the Lord must be approached with the spirit of discernment, extreme care, and realizing that perhaps our impatience is really with other people. Lastly, what about our patience with others? I shared my story of improving slowly in my patience with slowpoke drivers. Let's remember that foundation of not forgetting your notebook next time. Let's remember that foundation of God's patience and love that has been a blessing for us. We can be patient as God has been patient with us, and not that we sinners earned it, it's grace. That's our foundation. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. That's okay. And one way to become more patient is if we can catch ourselves early enough in a situation to be able to recognize what's going on and we take our ego out of the driver's seat of our minds or hearts. Think, this is not about me. What is going on with the other people that is making them act in a way that tries my patience? Is there a level of understanding, a walking a mile in their moccasins, as we said in Minnesota, that we need to become more patient. Can you or I put, put ourselves in the other situation? That might help us become more patient. Another way is to simply say, there but for the grace of God go I. The gospel parable of the different soils show that not all the soils react the same to the good news of Jesus, not all will end up the same way and may deserve some understanding. 
Only one of the four soils bore fruit, and that, with the good disciples' own patient endurance. We heard that at the end of the passage. Patient endurance. So even the ones that came up hundredfold, it wasn't all like right away easy and immediate. Oh no. Patient endurance was required even for that part of the soil. Not all of us or all the folks we deal with get the blessings given Saul of Tarsus slash the Apostle Paul. God made an example of him, the foremost of sinners, to the foremost of evangelists as a display of God's forgiveness and patience so that others could see and, hey, there's still hope for me. God is being patient with me. There but for the grace of God go I. Be patient. Lastly, Lastly, try to nurture a long arc perspective. Is that driver who got you crazy going to go to bed thinking about you that night? Forget her. Is this child who's vexing you going to grow up and mature in all kinds of surprisingly great ways? Sure. It's not all about the chronos, the now, the immediate emotion, or even a short haul. Sometimes our patience with others needs us to have a longer arc perspective of God and humankind at work. For God is at work. And that is always good news. Keep the faith. Amen. You know, after I preached this sermon, I read an email that I got from an a member of our congregation <clears throat> who had been traveling and had just gotten back and joined us on YouTube and, and uh, <clears throat> in her email said that she reflected on her own observations of people and patients during the times of changing planes or waiting in the airport. So... It's uh, it's a real thing, folks. And, you know, she was saying there were different responses to the situations. She was observing the different reactions to people, um, and thinking about that when hearing the message on on patience. I hope that you have been patient enough to see this podcast through to its conclusion today. I do thank you for listening, as always. I look forward to bringing you another message for Sunday, July 23rd as your honored redheaded preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ. God bless you, and God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.